Hi listeners, today's episode is all about focusing on the context of your dreams. I say that I sleep six, seven, and eight hours and that nobody should do anything that doesn't make them happy and that making $47,000 a year and being happy is amazing and yet people want to make me the poster child of overworking and burning yourself out. I get it, I understand what happens once you hit a certain tier. I also understand that maybe I could have done a better job earlier in the process of my career in creating clarification. Thus, I'm okay with getting link baited into some of these conversations. But um, listen, I believe in work-life balance. I just think my work-life balance is different than yours. I also think that happiness needs to be thought about. And like, when you love what you, like, this is my hobby. You also have to know what you want, right? Correct. If, if, if you and want to be a billionaire, you're not going to do it yeah, by and, just and by the way, let me say it one more time because I've got to clarify it all the fucking time. <laughs> I'll say it for the 9,000th fucking time. The pursuit of trying to buy the New York Jets is my passion because it allows me to play the game that I love. I love being a businessman the way a lot of you love playing football, the way a lot of you love to ski, the way a lot of you love to read the way a lot of you love to cook, watch Netflix, hang out with your friends. If given the option, besides garage sailing and watching the Jets professionally, forget about family, that's on a pedestal that nothing can touch. Outside of spending time with my inner family and closest friends, and outside of garage sailing and watching the Jets, there's nothing I'd rather do than work a 15 hour day. You're self-aware, we know you. And I always have. This is why I shoveled snow and did lemonade. And I washed fucking cars as a seven-year-old all day long on August 9th because it's what I like. And I'm not gonna judge somebody who wants to work nine to five, be on 13 fucking softball teams and play fucking video games all day and make 42K a year. If she and he are pumped as fuck, they're equal to me because I know a bunch of miserable fucking billionaires and I know a lot of fucking happy 55K a years and everything in between. So, fuck, you know, like, here's my thing. If you listen carefully, I'm only spitting two core things. You be self-aware, and you make yourself happy, and don't let anything other variables, you adjust to macro variables. And two, this is what makes me happy. A lot of people are spitting their ideology on other people, especially after they've already accomplished something. At what point does patient just become delusion? A lot of times. If you've been doing the same thing for seven years and nothing good has happened, you're delusional. Let's start there. That's a, that's a test. I believe in that. If there's been no progress in your rap career or in your art or your video blog and you've been doing it every day for seven years, as hard as you can and nothing has happened, the market has spoken. That's one way. Now, is that four years? Is that two years? Do people jump off? Like, You need to see some level of progress to keep you having blood in the water to get you going. But sometimes there is a breakthrough because if the machine is in between you and the market, well then you gotta be discovered. But the reason now I think it's more pure is because SoundCloud and Spotify and YouTube and Shopify and Amazon, now you get the feedback loop so fast and it isn't the arbitrary subjective call. The reason it took some of the greatest stars of all time 11 years to break through is because other people had say. People didn't see Gaga's talent. They thought she was weird. Somebody thought she wasn't weird, she breaks out. But Lady Gaga today, she goes on fucking YouTube and fucking Spotify direct and the market speaks quicker. 
people are more famous quicker now if they have the talent because nobody's in the middle. This is why I talk in general terms on content, of course, because I don't have the context, but if somebody sat here and I listened for 40 minutes, I would tell them if they're delusional or just impatient. And most people are impatient and delusional. (laughs) I mean, that's just the reality of it. Do you know that everybody who picks on me for telling people that you don't need to make a lot, there are literally people now pushing back on my thesis that you can be happy without making a lot of money. This is literally now happening. I'm like watching it, I'm like, this is remarkable. Like, let me explain how I plan on addressing that. By not addressing it until the economy collapses and then making some comments on how historically correct I was. So the market will force correct and take away all the bottom feeders. And your control in this scenario is when a client says to you, no bro, I need $10 ROAS, you're like, thank you very much, I'm not the guy for you. Yeah, that's what I said. Great. If you're standing on top of a mountain, you could have the attention of every single entrepreneur in the world, what would you tell them? Real entrepreneurs or people that are claiming to be entrepreneurs during this era? Real hardworking entrepreneurs. How lucky did we get that we didn't end up being athletes? Why is that? Because they have to retire at 36. What are some of the common characteristics between the most successful athletes and the most uh, successful business people you've met? Um, Preparation, competitiveness, deep passion for the fucking game, you know? I mean, that's a real entrepreneur. She or he loves it so much, they couldn't be, I mean, my actions have spoken long before entrepreneurship was cool. I I was not capable of being a student because of my deep passion for entrepreneurship. It was baseball cards. It was baseball cards that didn't allow me to be a good student. I was incapable of sitting in class and not dreaming about selling Bo Jackson cards. It took me over. But for some reason, when you're an athlete and you're missing a bunch of school for because you're a great athlete, or when you're Beyonce being homeschooled, right? That makes sense, but not for entrepreneurs. Right? Doesn't seem like you're allowed to miss a ton of school. If you're an unbelievable actor, actress, singer, athlete, missing normal school is something that all of us in this room and listening right now understand. You're like, oh yeah, that's what happens. Like you're the best quarterback in the world. Yeah, you gotta throw with the quarterback. You miss first class, you know? But not for entrepreneurs. But that's who I was. I should have missed a whole bunch and went to the fucking mall. on Thursday and Friday, on the four, I used to do baseball card shows. Baseball card shows in Jersey in the 90s were Thursday to Sunday. So you'd pay for a table for Thursday to Sunday. But I, have to, I had to start Friday afternoon after school. I had to overpay for my tables and try to make back my nut on Friday afternoon, Saturday and Sunday. I'm, I'm curious to hear I should have fucking missed school on Thursday. Let's say you were standing on top of the mountain to talking to fake wannabe entrepreneurs. I would say, hey gals and guys, you're about to deal with a very difficult scarlet letter. You live as an entrepreneur wannabe in 2019, which means your propaganda on your Instagram account is painting a life. Sooner than later, the economy will collapse. You will then have to go work at Chase Bank or at you know somewhere else, and you're going to have to stop showing the facade of being a successful entrepreneur. And so the sooner you could start telling the truth, of actually being an entrepreneur in the process of trying to win versus what, entrepreneurship got cool. Super fun for me, rappers, sneakers, it's been amazing, I'm super happy. 
I'm also unbelievably prepared for it to be demonized the way big banks were in 2008 when the shit hits the fan and prepared for all the comments that you, Gary, you fucked me up. You told me entrepreneurship. Now I'm this. Really? Because you, you didn't listen. But you make it look easy, right? I don't watch LeBron play and sit there and say, oh, I could be the basketball player, right? I, I watch business people and you're like... But you're not some- watching. LeBron, you actually see it and you don't actually see it because you just see the byproduct at night. We're not, LeBron's fucking in the weight room right now. LeBron's in, like LeBron's eating healthy as fuck. LeBron's watching film on Ben Simmons right now. You don't see that. I'm in fucking meetings 17 hours a day. And my attempt to vlog everything really doesn't work because there's so much sensitive information. But lately I've had a couple of these mega blogs right, vlogs, where people are seeing my whole day, and these are fucking four to seven hour videos on YouTube, and people are fucking going crazy. Why, I'm realizing? Like, who the fuck wants to watch seven hours? I mean, I'm humbled, but what I realize is, mmm, now they're actually starting to see certain things. They're like, oh, that's how he treats people? Fuck. If he's doing that, and he's nice to everybody, and I think I'm somebody, because I have 4,000 followers on Instagram, maybe I'm doing this wrong, and so, yeah, man, when it really gets to the Truman Show and people are really why, when somebody a little bit braver than me shows every single thing, like if I was just, if I didn't have a company with clients and employees, I'd show everything. I'm just not. But I kind of sometimes dream of it because that's what's been great about these mega vlogs. So you then the- you would really see it and then it wouldn't seem so easy. You go read the client comments on the four episodes I put up that are long, they're like, fuck, that looks exhausting. I hear fake manipulations of my story. Just one more time, because we're having an on the record day. I walked into my dad's business doing $3.8 million in sales, grew it to a $60 million business. So you weren't handed it like some other people say? Of course not. I left it 34 years. Guys, if I was handed a $60 million business, why would I start VaynerMedia in the conference room of Buddy Media because I didn't have enough money for rent? No, what I did, unlike all you fuckers, was I gave the 12 best years of my life to my parents who I love the most, built them a $60 million business, and walked at 34 with no fucking money. Now what? Now what, dick? You know what I think is a better advantage than fucking being born into something? Being born into nothing. I'm on the record. Remember I said it. Can't wait to watch it in 20 years. The internet the way it is today, I'd rather have zero than 100 million. People that have zero are like, this fucking guy's an idiot. That's because you don't talk to trust fund babies. I do. I talk to trust fund babies. They DM me. I meet them in real life because of my business career. They're fucking sad. Do you know what, it, do you know what it's like to talk to a human being that looks at you at 22 years old and says, no matter what I do, no matter what I do for the next 80 years, it will never be my own accomplishment. Everybody will always say I was handed it and I'm done. Do you know what kind of level of depression, cocaine, and partying until you die that leads to? A lot. Both sides are always gonna come the other side. 100%, and by the way, nor do I expect anybody that grew up the way I did in a studio apartment in Queens to have sadness for Richard Thompson III. They will say what I always hear, which is, cool, I'll cry in my Ferrari. That's because you don't know what crying is, dick. Because smiling in your fucking Toyota is way better than crying in your Ferrari. But you can stay confused. And when you get there, why don't you call good old Gary and tell me how it actually feels.